Oh, it's so great to be back. I feel like I'm amongst family. Uh, didn't we have a great time? I think it was about five years ago. I still remember having such great memories of our time together with the women and then the next day as well. So hands up if you were there that weekend. Fantastic. And such great things have been happening in the interim. God is doing good things amongst you. I loved being here the first time, but you know, I was very disappointed. There was one thing that disappointed me last time I was here. You know what that was? The weather. <laughs> Close. Well, I came to Upper Hut. So I said to my hosts at the time, Kerry and Pete, I said, so should we go and see the hut? The Upper Hut and the Lower Hut? Is there not a hut that is... Okay. I was, I was disappointed as a tourist that I couldn't experience that, but um, apparently it doesn't exist. But, you know, we love, I love coming to New Zealand. You really have a stunning country. Just spent a few days down in Wanaka, and you just have a beautiful country and beautiful heart and such a great church here amongst you as well. It's such an honour to be here. Jesse and Angie have been very busy since I was here last, adding to the population of the church as well. But, um, do you know, I had been in church all of my life. I'd heard multiple sermons. I'd read the Bible from cover to cover in the King James Version. Thank you very much. I know. I know. But I had never heard God speak to me. I'd heard stories of him talking. I'd heard, read stories about him talking to Abraham and Moses and Isaiah and Paul and Peter. He seemed to me like he was a talking God. I think it's his feminine side. does a lot of talking. But, you know, I'd never he heard him talk to me personally. And the result of that was that I knew a lot about God. But I knew him in the same way that you would know the Queen of England through the pages of a magazine. You know, you can know about someone, but not know them. You can know what their favorite hobbies are, what they like to eat, what, they, what they're good at, but you don't know them personally unless you sit down and have a two-way conversation with them. And that same dynamic is possible with God. We can know a lot about God. We can have a lot of theology. We can come to church. We can learn about the things that he did with other people. We can read stories of how he worked in other people's lives, people in the Bible, people in our church, the pastor, our leaders. But unless we've had those stories in our own life, we can never really know God for ourselves. You know, in the Old Testament times, people couldn't really know God firsthand. Did you know that? There were specially appointed people. They were called prophets. The prophets could hear God speak. And what would happen is they would go up the mountain and they would hear God speak to them. And then they would go back to the people and they would pass on the message to all the people. So the only way that you could really have a conversation with God was through somebody else. You had to go to somebody else. Moses, can you tell me what God is saying? In fact, this was a time all throughout the Old Testament, but there was a prophet in that time and he looked forward to another time. He said, when things will be different. He said, there's going to come a day when you don't have to go to somebody else. He talks about this in Jeremiah 31. He says that one day God will write his words on your heart so that you won't need a neighbor. You won't need somebody else to teach you saying, know the Lord, because you will all know me 
for yourself. I want to speak to you this morning about how to have first-hand faith. How to have a first-hand relationship with God. Not through somebody else. Not through the pastors, not through the leaders, not through even the people in the Bible, but so that you know God for yourself. And it all begins with a personal conversation with the creator of the universe. How'd you guess I was going to speak about that this morning? Yeah, it's an interesting calling. God called me to this many years ago. He said, I want you to start a ministry that equips people to hear God's voice for themselves. So it's been a wonderful few years. As you, as Jesse mentioned, I've started doing my PhD, which is kind of fun. You talk to people about their experiences. That's what I do. And then you, you analyze it. But um, this is what I do. And I, I've brought Jenny along. She's my new assistant. I call her Super Jenny because that's what she is. And I said, you know, everyone needs a super Jenny in their life. But it's just been wonderful to be used of God to teach people this whole dynamic, what it means to hear God's voice. And I've got a number of resources. I'm going to give some away right now. Is that okay? This is for people who really want to know what it is to hear God's voice. I grew up not knowing what it was like, and I've seen the difference. So I'm going to give some things away. How does that sound? Do Kiwis like freebies? This is a brand new online course that you can learn about hearing God's voice. It takes six weeks and we go through it step by step and it's now, we're high tech in God conversations. And this is a 20% discount. I've also got a freebie message called How Do I Know It's God? Anyone good at websites? Godconversations.com. Who would like that? It's a free message as well as a discount course. Yep, man up the back. You have to come and grab this from me though. Run, 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 run. Awesome. Nice. There we go. This one here is a, C, a CD series. Actually, it's not a CD series. CDs. This is a USB. Do you remember those round circular things? You know, and you put them in. Yeah. This is for people who uh, have got high cars that have been um, that are newer, and you have USBs now. This is a CD series. <laughs> This is a series on how to hear God's voice in dreams. Anyone ever had a God dream? Yeah, this is, you know, I often say that when I first had a God dream, I said to myself, she's coming. I love your initiative. I love you. I love that. Yeah, what's your name? Emma, Emma the dreamer. I'm going to give this to you, Emma, because God loves people who put their hands up first. You did. But that's all right. Um, you know, when I first, give her a hand, she's good on it. When I first um, started having God dreams, I thought, how strange that God would speak to you while you're sleeping. And I told some friends and they said, yeah, that's really strange. I even told my pastor, he said, oh, yeah, yeah, strange. And then I read my Bible and I realized, oh, it's okay, because they were strange too. God speaks to us while we're sleeping. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. You don't have to stay awake. <laughs> it's really good for mothers with toddlers, Angie. This is my book uh, released last year and it, it's called, guess what it's called? God Conversation. Yeah, yeah, it's original, isn't it? Do you know, there's lots of good books out there that um, tell you about how to hear God's voice, but I wanted to give you the behind the scenes story. You know, you read those stories in the Bible where it says, and the Lord spoke to Abraham, get up and leave your country and go to a place you've never seen. You know that? Yeah. And then the next line says, so Abraham got up and left his country and went to a place. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, is that how it really happens? 
like what goes on behind the scenes. So this looks at how you know it's God and um, what happens when you dare to follow the lady over there. Oh, no. Outside afterwards. That's for you. There we go. Awesome. Run, 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 run. All right. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are with us, that you are deeply personal, that you know us. You know our thoughts. You know our past. You know all the possibilities of our future. You know us. But God, we want to come to you this morning and say we want to know you. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to us this morning, that you would encourage us, Lord, but that you would show us more of who you are. Reveal yourself to every single person here. Make yourself accessible, I pray. And all God's people said, Amen. I want to talk to you this morning about a man in the Bible who knew God really well. We're going to look at the Apostle Paul and his relationship with God and how he had a first-hand relationship with God and what that looks like. We're going to look at four different parts of Paul's life. The first one is that when we have a relationship with God, he speaks to us about the personal things. He speaks to us about the personal things. You know, when Jesus was on the earth, I always thought it would have been great to be one of his disciples, you know. It'd be easy to hear God's voice when Jesus was around, wouldn't it? Wouldn't you love to have a coffee with Jesus? So easy for them. Well, can you imagine what it would have been like when Jesus said to his disciples, hey guys, I've got to go. What? What do you mean you've got to go? He said, yeah, I'm going back to heaven. But Jesus, how are we going to know what to do? Uh, uh, how are we going to hear your voice? He said, we used to be able to hear you. You talk on the steps of the temple when you were teaching or when we're having wine and olives over dinner. Or we could ask you questions about the kingdom or when we're walking along the streets of, of, of Judea, we could ask you questions and you would answer us. So what do you mean you've got to go? He said, don't worry. Because when I go, I'm going to give you something better than this. I'm going to send you my Holy Spirit. And my Holy Spirit will speak to you wherever you are. My Holy Spirit is going to guide you and lead you into truth. My Holy Spirit is going to do two things. In John 14 and 16, we read about this. It says, my Spirit is going to remind you of everything I've taught you. My Spirit's going to remind you about who God is and what I'm like and the truths of the kingdom of God and what it means to know Him and what He's like. But not only that, my Spirit's going to speak to you about things to come. See, there's a lot of questions that you're going to have. And I can't tell you those things right now. It's too much for you. But don't worry, because my spirit is going to continue to be my voice with you, speaking to you wherever you go, beyond the streets of Jerusalem, beyond the temple steps, beyond the dining halls. My spirit's going to go with you into Judea, Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. My spirit's going to speak to you about things to come. When we know God firsthand, he will remind us, of the truths that Jesus said. We've got them written down in the Scriptures for us, that God loves us, that He died for us, that He has a plan for us. All the big 
truths, the foundational truths on which we base our faith, but the Spirit also comes to speak to us about those things to come. Those issues of our workplace, those issues in our family, those questions we have about the future, those concerns in my heart and the worries and the fears that I have, my Spirit's going to speak to you about those things to come. We see that in Paul's life. You see, God calls the Apostle Paul and he says, Paul, I've got a great plan for you. I love you. I'm Jesus. I want to save you. But then what does the Spirit do? He says, Paul, I've got a special commission for you. You're going to be my witness. You're going to bring my message to all the world, to the Gentiles, to the non-Jews, the people who don't know me. Your job is to go out and to build the church. And as you go, I'm going to speak to you about the things along the way. In fact, when you don't know where to go, I'm going to tell you which direction to go in. I'm going to speak to you about going to Macedonia, about going to the West. And when you're going to be in, in, in a riot in Corinth, I'm going to speak to you that you're going to be safe. When you're in a shipwreck in the storm, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to appear to you and say, don't worry, the ship's going to go down, but you're going to be okay. So that's what we see. See, the Spirit reminding the things that Jesus established, the truths of the kingdom, the truths of the gospel, who God is. The Spirit reminds us, tells us those foundations, but the Spirit also speaks personally to each one of us, each one of us. It wasn't just for Paul. See, I remember reading those stories and think, oh my gosh, that is awesome. I love that. But it's never happened to me. In fact, when I met a friend of mine, I was 21 years old. We went to university together and, and she would start chatting away. And the thing I noticed about Jill is she didn't need, seem to know as much about God as I did. But she seemed to know him more like a next-door neighbour. She spoke to him like he was her friend. And she, we would get together and we'd hang out at the beach together. And, and Jill would say things like, oh, God spoke to me this week. Wow. Really? God, the creator of the universe spoke to you. Like, what did he say? And she would tell me, wow, that's awesome. A few weeks would pass, we'd get together again and we'd be having coffee and, and we'd be chatting and Jill would say, oh, the Lord gave me a vision this week. Wow. Like, and what did you see? And she would tell me, like, oh, yes, it's really good. A few more weeks would pass. We'd be getting together. We'd be having dinner. And Jill would say, oh, God spoke to me this week. Really? I'm like, what did he say? And why is he always speaking to you? Do you have some sort of hotline to heaven? What, why, why is he speaking to you? I've never heard him speak. Why doesn't he speak to me? Why doesn't he speak to me? Why doesn't he speak to Paul and to Philip and to my friend Jill? But why isn't he speaking to me? See, I realized that if God was a relational God and he was a God who speaks, then this promise was for me as well. See, when the Spirit came on the day of Pentecost and the Spirit was poured out, there were many things that happened that day. But did you notice what the Apostle Peter said in the midst of it? When Jesus' promise came to pass that the Spirit would come, he stands up in the middle of it and he says, this is what was promised way back in the time of the prophets. When the prophet said, 
that no longer would God's words be written on tablets of stone. No longer would God's words come only via a prophet, but they would come on every person's heart so that you'd no longer need somebody else to get to God. The Apostle Peter says, this was what was promised, that my spirit would fall and your sons and daughters would prophesy and your young men would have visions and your old men would have dreams. Acts chapter 2, 16, do you know that verse? I had trouble understanding that verse for a long time. Like I'd sit in church and think, yeah, your young men would have visions and your old men would have dreams. Like, what is that about? Yeah, I guess the old men. They would sit in church and, you know, sometimes the pastor, you know, sometimes, you know, Jesse would go on for a long time, those pastors preaching. And because they were old, they couldn't help themselves. They fell asleep in the back row. And they'd have dreams, right? But the young men, because they were so energetic and, and zealous, see, at the front row here, apart from the ones on their phones, um, <laughs> they're, no, actually what they're doing is they're casting their vision for their future. They're, they're dreaming and they're visioning about the things to come. And, and that's because they're young men having visions, right? Is that what it means? Not really. What was Peter saying? He was saying... Your young men will have visions, your old men will have dreams, your sons and daughters will prophesy. See, in the Old Testament times, the prophets would hear from God primarily through visions and dreams. They would hear from God in that way, and then they would pass his messages on. They would prophesy. Peter was saying that this ability to hear God's voice in this way is now available not just for the special ones, not just for the prophets, not just for the leaders and the, and the appointed spokespeople. It was for everyone, sons and daughters, young and old, male and female. All could receive the Spirit. All could hear from God and pass his messages on. This promise is for every one of us. The Spirit would come, remind us of the truths of the gospel, and then he would speak about the personal things in our lives. I remember when I first realized that and I began to ask God, I said, God, would you speak to me? Would you speak to me about my life? I've heard of what you've done in other people's lives, but I'm, I, 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 I want it for me. I, I'm hungry. I'm jealous for more. I want more of what you have. And God began to speak to me. Over a period of time, he began to show me, I'm calling you, Tanya, into ministry. This is what I have for you. I'm going to give you the desires of your heart. He began to speak personally to me. I remember one of the key moments in that journey in the early days. I was, I was in church. I just started at this new church and God spoke to me. He said, Tanya, you're going to be raised up in leadership in here. The pastor's going to mentor you and you're going to be working here one day a week. And I thought to myself, how could that happen? <laughs> I don't even know the pastor they're new in the church and I'm new and I, I don't know how that could possibly happen. And then I watched and I waited. A few weeks passed. We are in church one day and we had some prayer at the end and the, the pastor came up to me. She said, Tanya, God has spoken to me. He's calling you into leadership in this church. I'm going to raise you up. I'm going to mentor you. You're going to work here one day a week. The word of the Lord came to pass. I started to see what God was like for myself. I started to realize who he was for me. 
I started to get to know him. And this is what it means to follow Jesus. He said, I'm giving you my spirit. And as you follow me, my spirit will speak to you about what I'm calling you to do. God speaks about the personal things. It's what it means to have a first-hand relationship with God. The second thing is that he not only speaks about the personal things, but he speaks about the hard things. How many of you know that true intimacy and relationship not, doesn't just mean talking about the good stuff, but it involves talking about the hard stuff? Ugh, don't you hate that? I have a good friend, and, and a number of years ago, she said to me, oh, let's, let's share a place together. In fact, we'd already lived together for a few years previously and it had been such a great time. We had such a, we were good friends, we were good flatmates. It had been awesome. And then she moved back into town and she said, hey, let's move in together. I said, great, that would be wonderful. So she moved in and a few months passed. And I realised actually this is not so great after all. We were having more arguments and, and more conflict and it was, it was getting awkward. I'm thinking, I don't understand. It was so good last time. We were such good friends and it was so easy living with her. What's going on? I said, oh, I think we need to talk about this. What, what, what's wrong? So we sat down and started to chat about it. I said, what, you know, what's wrong? And she said, well, don't you remember? Don't you remember when we first discussed moving in together again, we, we said that we wanted to be better friends and if we were going to be closer, that we should be more honest with each other? Well, you know, just being more honest with you. And the truth is, I don't like the way you leave the rubbish overflowing in the bins. I don't like the way you pack the dishwasher. And actually, I think you get your way around here a lot more than I do. See, true relationship involves talking about the hard things, doesn't it? It's not just the good things. And to have a first-hand relationship with God, it means that we talk about the good things. I've got great plans for you. I'm calling you to do this. I want to promote you. I've got blessings for you. But it also means allowing God to talk about the hard things, the things that we don't want to hear, the things that are difficult. But this is what true relationship is all about. We see this in Paul's life. God speaks to him about his life, but it's, it's not always the nice things. In fact, there's a, there's a God conversation that Paul has and, and the Holy Spirit speaks to him. How'd you like this one? He says, Paul, I'm calling you to go to Jerusalem because you're going to be my witness there. You're going to testify in, in front of great influential leaders. That would be good, huh? Yeah? But you're also going to face prison. You're also going to have a lot of hardship there. But don't worry, this is my purpose for you. How'd you like to hear from God about that? The thing that interests me about that is that Paul knew God's voice at this point. His relationship had developed well enough to know that this was not the voice of fear, telling him something bad's going to happen, but this was the God who knew what Paul was called to do in spite of the difficult things. You see, God speaks to us about the hard things. And the truth is that there are hard things in life. Well, why would God do that? Do you think? Why would, why would God say those things? 
Well, I think we get some clue in the Gospels because, see, Jesus, when he was on earth, he, he spoke about hard things. He said to his disciples, you're going to have some hard times. There's going to be persecution. And he spoke also about things that were to come in relation to the fall of Jerusalem. The city was going to fall between 66 and 70 AD. If you read the history, it was pretty terrible. And Jesus spoke about these things in Matthew. And he said, when these things happen, run for the hills. And you look at history and the Romans invaded the city and a million Jews died. There was famine, drought, 500 people being crucified along the streets of Jerusalem every single day. This was hard times. But Jesus spoke about it. And he says later on in the Gospel of John, I think it gives us a clue as to why he did. He said this, John chapter 16 says, In this world you will have trouble, but I've told you these things so that in me you'll have peace. Take heart, I have overcome the world. See, in this world you'll have trouble. The truth is we live in a fallen, broken world. And the enemy is alive and well. And the, fa- and the forces of darkness are there trying to stop your mission. The enemy is trying to thwart God's purpose in your life. And we're going to have trouble. Things are going to go wrong. Even when we're following God, things aren't going to go the way that we always want them to do. So Jesus speaks to us and he says, take heart. I've told you these things so that in me you'll have peace. When they happen, don't worry, because we're going to overcome. Don't you love that? This is what it means to have a first-hand relationship with God. This is what I've experienced along my journey as I've heard God speak. There's been wonderful moments when he's spoken about the good things and the personal things. And I've experienced his beautiful hand intervening and providing. But he's also spoken about the hard things. I remember one particular season, I fell asleep one night and I had a dream. And in the dream, I was traveling on a bus. I fell asleep and when I woke up, I was on a train. I changed vehicles. When I woke up from the dream, I remember knowing exactly what God was saying. You see, in dreams, often speak a symbolic language and vehicles often represent the work or the career or the ministry life. They get us from one place to another. I'd been in my job for four years. I'd I'd loved it. I'd flourished in it. I'd found a place. I felt confident in it. It was something I loved doing. But God was saying, the vehicles have changed. You've been on a bus and, no, I think it was you've been on a train and now you're on a bus. The vehicle's about to change. You haven't realised it, but it's about to happen. I remember driving to work that week, and I'm not good at change. I hate it. Anyone else with me? Ugh. I remember psyching myself up as I'm driving to work going, okay, we've been on a train, but now we're on a bus. Change vehicles. My job's about to change. My job's about to change. My job's about to change. It was only a couple of days later. My boss called me into his office. He said, Tanya, we're restructuring. And I want to tell you that I need to change your job. There's lots of details I can't share with you yet, but that's the plan. We talked a little bit more. At the end of the meeting, he stood up. He said, I don't know, it's how to describe it. He said, it's like we've been on a train But now we're on a bus and we've changed vehicles. 
as time went on, I watched my job changed. I watched all the things I'd worked towards and, and all the things I loved doing and all the restructuring happening. I, I lost my job and my title and my office and things began to shift and move. But guess what? I had peace. Why? I have told you these things so that in me you'll know. Take heart, for I have overcome the world. I walked through that season with great joy and great grace because I knew that God was with me, that the Spirit was speaking to me about the hard things. You see, Paul had that as well. He knew his call. He knew what God was asking him to do and despite the enemy's attacks and despite the things that were going to happen, he had great peace because he knew what God had said. See, that's what an intimate relationship with God is like. That's what a first-hand relationship with God is like. He speaks about the personal things and the hard things. But he also wants us to learn what it is to hear him first. God speaks first things. You know, the interesting thing with Paul is he heard from God to go to Jerusalem, but other people heard it too. In fact, as he was moving around, the disciples at the church in Tyre also had heard from God. And they'd heard he was going to have trouble in Jerusalem. God spoke to them too. You know, the beautiful thing about this new covenant is that God speaks to more than one person. Have you noticed that? In fact, one of the ways to, to know it's God is when the Spirit speaks to somebody else. And there's agreement in the Spirit and God confirms it through other people. That's what one of the joys of being part of a church. I'm following Jesus, but so are you. And guess what? The Spirit's leading in the same way. So he's going to provide agreement in the community. So the disciples of Tyre heard from God as well. Paul, you're going to have trouble in Jerusalem. And then even a prophet, Agabus, his name was. We hear his story in Acts chapter 20. He says to Paul, the Spirit is saying, if you go to Jerusalem, you're going to be bound up and you're going to be, have, have trouble. And then their counsel to Paul was, don't go. We don't want you to go because it's going to be hard. You're going to suffer. There's going to be trouble. And now Paul's faced with this conundrum because all these People are saying, don't go, but he's already heard from God. See, his relationship with God is firsthand. He'd already heard the voice of the Spirit. And he said, no, I know what God's saying. I know what God's calling me to do. And I appreciate your counsel, but I know because I've heard from God. God wants to take us to that place where we trust him first you know sometimes the crowd will speak and there will be difference of opinion but he wants you to know him first and God uses people he uses people but sometimes in church life you know everyone wants to get a prophecy everyone wants someone else to hear from God for them God you pray for me and hear from God for me and the beautiful thing about the gift of prophecy that is that it often confirms what God is doing but God doesn't want you to live your life through other people's relationship with God. He wants you to know him for yourself. And that means taking responsibility. God, what is it that you have from me? I don't want to ride off the back of someone else's relationship. I want to grow up. I want to know you for myself. What are you saying to me? Use other people to help me learn. Use other people to help me grow. But I want to know you first. Paul goes to Jerusalem, guess what? <laughs> he has trouble. He has hardship. 
he's sent to prison. But he also gets to testify to leaders. He gets to speak to to, to governors, to Felix, to Festus. He gets to talk to King Agrippa. He gets to witness. He gets to fulfill his call in God. See, this is what it means to have a first-hand relationship with him. You know, the dream about the change of vehicles, there was more to it than that. In actual fact, I'd been traveling on a train and I'd fallen asleep. And then when I woken up, I was with two friends. I was on a bus. And I said to my two friends, where are my suitcases? My suitcase, you know, it it contains all my precious belongings. Well, where are they? They're missing. I can't see them anywhere. You know that feeling when you've lost something? I'm like, where are my suitcases? And, And I looked at my friends, didn't you look after them? When we changed at the changed trains at the station, didn't you look after my suitcases? And they just looked at me and shrugged. Like, whatever. The interesting thing was just that week, two of my good friends had had a conversation with me. They'd said, Tanya, you know, I know that you think that God's spoken to you about your life, but um, it's a bit difficult. And it's just not happening and you know, all that stuff, it's a bit hard to believe. I think that you should let those things go. I think that, you know, you should just not believe for those. I, th- I know you think you've heard from God, but I think you should just let them go. I remember to driving to church that morning, saying, God, uh, what am I supposed to do? These are my friends. They've been journeying with me for so long, but I, I, I'm sure I've heard from you. And I know it's not happening right now, but what about my two friends? God, help me to know what to do. I remember going to church that morning and the preacher got up and he started his sermon. His sermon was on Paul's travelling companions. His opening story was about a time when he was travelling and he was at the train station changing trains and he had a suitcase. They had to go to the bathroom, but no one was there to mind his suitcases. He began to speak about what it meant to have people in your life who could believe God with you. What was my suitcases? It was the words that God had spoken to me. God was saying, I know what your friends are saying. I know they're important to you, but I've spoken to you. You know my voice. Will you believe me first? Will you listen to me first? Will you know me and trust me well enough? that I am faithful and that I can bring those things to pass. See, this is the place that God wants each one of us to get to. He wants us to know him for ourselves. No longer will you need a neighbour to teach you, Jeremiah 31 says, for you will all know me. It doesn't put down the role of teachers and leaders in our lives, not at all. (laughs) In fact, the spirit was given to all that we could all hear God ourselves and God uses his community to help each one of us but he wants us to have a first-hand relationship with him he wants us to hear God to know him to follow him what is God saying to you see the last part of this first-hand relationship the fourth thing that I see in Paul's life is that God speaks about the secret things Towards the end of his life, when Paul talks about this in 2 Corinthians 12, he says, God showed him paradise, the third heaven. And he says, 
things so wonderful, I can't even tell you about them. I can't express them to you. They're just so wonderful. What God showed me, the secret things. God has more for us. You know, Jesse was talking this morning about what he felt from God. God has more for us. He wants to speak to us more clearly. He wants to show us things. Jeremiah 33 says, Call to me and I'll tell you unsearchable things that you do not know. See, we're all on a different journey. Some of us, we're still learning to hear God about the personal things that he has for us. Some of us, we're we're learning to navigate what it is to, to hear God, to go deeper in relationship, to hear him about the hard things. And some of us are further along and we're learning to depend completely on him. First thing. But every single one of us, he's saying, there's more. I've got so much more to tell you. So much more things that are inexpressible, things that you don't even understand. I want to show you the secrets of the kingdom. I want to reveal myself to you. You know, Paul was a person who sought God first. He says these words at the end of his life in Philippians chapter 3. You may know them. He says, oh, that I may know him. That I may know him. This is the end of his life. He did know him already. But he was demonstrating a heart that wanted to keep knowing God. And this is what God says to each one of us. Some of you know me, but I've got more of you. Some of you don't know me yet, but I want to show you more. But for, uh, for others, I, I want to reveal secrets of the kingdom. And how do we get that? How do we access that? Well, it's really simple. It's to have the heart of Paul. To say, oh God, I want to know you. It's to seek him first. It's to get hungry. It's to even get jealous. You know, there's something in me as I read the story of Paul and I, I hear about those inexpressible things. I'm like, what is that all about? God, I want to know your ways. Will you show me? Will you speak to me? Will you lead me? This God that we have the privilege of knowing, the creator of the universe, the source of love and of wisdom and understanding, this is well worth seeking for. You see, in life, we, we seek for riches, don't we? We seek for contentment. We seek for houses. We seek for jobs and relationships. But the words of God are living and active. They're like bread to our bodies, food to our souls. Jesus said they are spirit and they are life. We can't live He's calling us to seek him this morning. Why don't the musos just come up? And I just want to spend some time just praying with you and just taking a moment to reflect on Paul's God conversations. I wonder where you're at in the relational journey. Maybe you're like me right at the start. You've heard a lot about God but you've never heard him speak for yourself. You know, I, I kind of laugh sometimes. I think, God, why would you call me into this ministry? You know, there are people in this kind of ministry and they're usually the mystical types. They're the spiritually sensitive ones. They walk into the building and they say, wow, can you feel God's presence? I'm usually the one walking in going, where? Where? <laughs> I'm the hard case. I'm the analytical type, the left brain one. I'm always the thinker. I, I, I've never been the one who's, who's really good at picking up on spiritual things. But guess what? 
I've realized that God doesn't play favorites. This is not an issue of personality or gifting. This is the promise of God's spirit given to all, sons and daughters, young and old. And his voice is accessible to every single one of us. And you know why? Because it's not up to us to be clever or gifted or skilled. He speaks. We listen. All it takes is a heart that says, God, I want to know you, that I may know you, the fellowship of your death, your resurrection, that I may know you. That's all it takes. Do you want to know him this morning? He's got so much to say. Secrets of the kingdom, the wisdom of heaven for you this morning. Why don't you stand? We're going to sing a song. And what I'd like to do this morning, I'd I'd like just to spend some time seeking God, just a few minutes. And I want to encourage you to say a prayer to him. Ask him, God, I want more. I want more. I want to know you. Would you speak to me personally? It's okay. It can be about the hard things if it needs to be. Because I know that everything you say is good for my good, for for peace and life. God, would you speak to me about whatever you want to say? But I want to know you first and foremost. God, would you teach me what it means to listen to you first above the voices of the crowd? God, would you share with me secret things that are on your heart for me today? Father, we thank you for the incredible treasures that you have for us, the inheritance that we have in the Spirit. Father, we thank you that Jesus made a way that we could know you. Father, that we would know the the foundational truths of your gospel and, and your salvation, God, the things that we build our lives on. But God, I pray for a, a deposit of your personal revelation this morning. God, would you open our eyes to see, our ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to each one of us, God, not just for the leaders, Father, but for each one, sons, daughters, young, old, God, every person here this morning. Father, would you begin to speak to us in visions, in dreams, in prophetic words, God, would you open up your heaven, God, and reveal what's on your heart for each one of us, that we may follow you, that we may know you. God, we want to know you this morning. We want to know you. Reveal yourself to us, we pray. In Jesus' name, let's sing. Let's really seek God as we sing this song.